Hello, it is Overreaction Monday, November 16th. Who stinks? Who's dead? Who's alive? Who's the greatest? Also, some good conversations. Can't thank you enough for joining us. This is the first time in a while we've recorded this after the conversations have taken place. Mm-hmm. I think you guys are going to enjoy what happened out here. It's a good day. It was a good day. Shefty opens up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, AQ Shipley starting center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. He chats with us. And in the first hour, we had... Darius Butler oh, yeah, that's breaking right. down the mindset of the three dudes that got dunked on by DeAndre Hopkins yesterday. A mm-hmm. couple of his picks for Monday Night Football tonight as well. Oh, good show, good show. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Uh, if you enjoy the show by the end of it, be a friend, tell a friend. Uh, if you hate the show, just act like it never happened. Keep it moving. Just keep it moving. Hey, not for us. Hey, you don't like us? Good, good news. We don't like you either. Exactly. Okay, we'll see you down the road. Maybe we'll change our minds on each other. But if it's not now, no big deal. Just act like this never happened. But if you do like the show, please be a friend, tell a friend. Right, anyways, let's get to it. What an NFL Sunday we had yesterday. Woo. It got capped off, obviously, by the Patriots being all the way back in everybody's mind around New England. Or the Baltimore Ravens dead, possibly. But the play that stole the day, and probably going to be the play of the year and of the last couple years, the nuke, DeAndre Hopkins, goes up amongst three Buffalo Bills and pulls down a Hail Mary W at the last second. Yeah! Wow. Kyler Murray, in a tweet after the game, said his thoughts were, she <laughs> hopped down there somewhere, and he's 100% right. DeAndre, or, uh, Kyler Murray made a hell of a play on this play as well. Had to dodge Duke, two guys, get off to the side, then across his body, flip the hips, flip the wrist, 55-yard ball, and all of a sudden, Nuke goes up and gets it. And every single replay I watch back of it, I start to think that Nuke knew he was getting that ball and knew he was going to come down with it every single time. His eyes were absolutely locked on it. His big-ass Jordan gloves were wrapped all the way around it. And those three Buffalo Bills defenders had to hop on a plane out of the desert back to upstate New York and wonder why us why did this have to happen to us when betters who took the Arizona Cardinals minus two and a half are thinking why didn't Cliff Kingsbury just kick the goddamn extra point I happen to be one of those betters by the way and as soon as the touchdown was scored with one second left and they went up two, I actually tweeted out kick the goddamn extra point Cliff Kingsbury because I knew that every single rule that you are supposed to follow in the NFL says you do not kick that extra point you do go take a knee because if you go out and kick the extra point and it gets blocked and they return that thing and they get two points you go to overtime literally the only way you could lose that game uh, is if you kick the extra point. So I was hoping that Cliff Kingsbury in his second year as a head coach in the NFL was dumb enough not to know that. I was hoping he would kick the extra point and I'd be able to steal a victory right out from underneath the Bills Mafia folks, but instead he takes a knee. They cover. They don't cover. They win by two. Bills cover. Congrats to Josh Allen having a good football game. Congrats to Stephon Diggs making a hell of a play. Rapper Cole Beasley had a hell of a night. But the play that we're going to talk about for probably the next 
I don't know, at least 10 weeks. Is this Hail Mary bring down to get a dub for the Arizona Cardinals, who might be the hottest team in the NFC West, even though they just lost to Tua last week? <laughs> they are a great football team, and so is Tua, by the way. Kyler Murray's last four games, 1,076 yards passing, 308 yards rushing, nine passing touchdowns, five rushing touchdowns, Whoa. another two rushing TDs yesterday. He is a stud. He is electrifying, and that win was just as such. Now, let's go ahead and bounce around the NFL with more bad beats. Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb. <laughs> they played in a delayed game against the Houston Texans. I guess there was an entire storm popping off in Cleveland moments before the game was supposed to kick off. It looked nasty. Because you got to remember that people in Pittsburgh call Cleveland a mistake by the lake. But that is wrong. That is rude. Take mistake out of there. They are by a lake. And that lake gets bit breezy. The storms come flying in there. And their fan base, which is such a loyal one still fills up that stadium even in years past when their team wasn't worth a goddamn thing they would fill that place up it'd be 15 degrees 10 degrees windy as all hell there'd be all that and yesterday full rainstorm lightning coming down from the clouds and that place was packed out as much as it possibly <laughs> could be and the fans just sat there and took it looked like there was 40 mile an hour winds blowing there and there's a video of these browns fans sitting atop the stadium just eating the entire thing right in the face. The game finally kicks off. It was ugly. The game continues to go. Nick Chubb continues to get hot. Kareem Hunt rushes for 100. Chubb rushes for 100. Scores a touchdown at the very end of the game with like 50 seconds left. The Cleveland Browns are up three. They pop off for a first down. Then he gets going. Then it's a 30-yard, 40-yard, 50-yard, 60-yard run. And right before Nick Chubb could score a touchdown to make sure that the Cleveland Brown betters cover in a game that was ugly and low scoring, he steps out at the one o'clock or at the one-yard line because Nick Chubb's a good teammate. Yeah. Right. Boy, Nick. Cleveland betters were distraught. Oh, Cleveland betters were not happy with Nick Chubb. But if you're a football fan, you have to respect the football IQ here. Because just like Cliff Kingsbury choosing not to kick the extra point, because if he goes out there, kicks the extra point, it gets blocked, and they take it the other way, that's the only way you can lose the game. Nick Chubb steps out of bounds because even if they go up 10, with 50 seconds left in a game that had zero offense happening inside of it, there is still a chance that the Texans score, get an onside kick, kick a long field goal, go to overtime. There is still a tiny, tiny, tiny chance. Him stepping out of bounds at the one, no chance of the Texans winning. Let's go ahead and kneel this out. All the Cleveland betters can go to hell. You haven't been betting on us for that long anyways. You're not that loyal. Lose your money. See you later. On to the next one. Kick. My golf ball just went flying. <laughs> Did I hit that? Right That's a hole in one. Yeah. I don't think I hit it, did I? Wind? Might have been the wind uh, from yeah. Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Hey, by the way, that golf ball put on a show on Saturday on College Game Day. Uh, but we got a lot to chat about. We got Darius Butler joining us. Uh, we have Adam Schefter joining Ooh. us in the second hour. We have AQ Shipley, the undefeated Tampa Bay Q Gronkineer center that started yesterday, which the commentators refused to give him any credit for any. We'll talk about these commentators at some point oh, today. Geez. I'm done with it. 
I'm done with it. I've always been super nice guy, right? To these commentators. I literally always have been. Because I understand how hard it is. I understand that it is not easy to travel. The traveling isn't fun either. The 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 everything like that. And all these people have been hired over me. So if I was to say anything negative, I would naturally look like a hater. I would like to let everybody know I don't want to be in the booth anymore. So they're not taking my job. I am not being a hater. There are some commentators that fucking suck out there that should not be allowed to be covering the NFL. Send them to high school games. There are some people that should not be allowed to speak over games, and it is getting to the point where it's embarrassing almost. And I know it's not an easy job. Okay, it is not an easy job at all. Uh, there's a lot of things you have to remember. You know, there's the uh, the ability to express your opinions in a fashion. There's uh, there's uh, you get it. There are some hard things to it. But there are some people who are commentating games that should not be allowed to commentate games. And I think Akib Talib got his first start uh, yep. yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should judge him. That was his first game. That'd be very rude to do so. So please do not put him in there. I have some friends that are in there. But everybody here that knows uh, knows that watching a couple of games yesterday, you listen to some of these fucking idiots talk, mm-hmm. oh. and you just get dumber while listening to the game, and it makes no sense to me how they have jobs. I think there's enough money and there's enough humans out there that we could get good people in there, uh, but everybody thinks they're super geniuses, and uh, most of them have zero self-awareness, which is my biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, we want to hear from you. If you want to go off about the commentators, you want to go off about your teams, you want to do whatever you got to do, one eight 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 mad dog 6 We can't wait to chat with you. Uh, at Tone Diggs, the Steelers just steamrolled the Bengals yesterday. And J.J. Watts said, uh, we want to let young quarterbacks in the AFC North know uh, that this is what they can expect every single time they play the Steelers. They got after Joey Burrow, and there wasn't a single moment of doubt yesterday in that game. Yeah, not just the young quarterbacks. This is the Steelers shut the fuck up tour, and, it, and it's awesome. Like the people at the beginning of the season, all oh, Steelers go 6-10, and 10, Big Ben's old. You guys can shut the fuck up. Uh, the Browns fans that said this is their year uh, blew them out. They could shut the fuck up. Uh, the, the Bengals fans that this week said this is Joe Burrow's division. Now you could shut the fuck up, too. So it's just it's been a really really cool time this year for the Sealers to just shut everyone the fuck up. Yeah, I mean they almost lost to Gary Gilbert last week. That'll happen. Wins so, a win, Gary. Yeah, but they bounced right back. That was Wins a wake up game. By the way, that was a wake-up game for them, uh, which we kind of predicted that would be problematic. Uh, good for the Steelers getting a win in the AFC North. Uh-huh. They seem to, seem to be, obviously, the, the new Kings are back to their spot of being the Kings of the AFC North. Uh, Ravens lose to the Pats last night. Nobody expected that, especially coming a couple of days after Lamar Jackson said something about the other team knows what we're doing. I thought that would potentially, you know, kind of get the boys going over there. They could be in trouble. Who knows what's going on in the locker room, with the culture, with everything like that. Because remember, just a couple of weeks ago, Marquise Brown put out a tweet, what's the point of having soldiers if you don't use the soldiers? Brency mm-hmm. ever. Yep. So then they went back in there. So who knows what's going on in Baltimore? Uh, in the AFC North, though, Cleveland Browns just announced a positive COVID test for a player. Uh, so did that come, obviously, day of test? Uh, so who was who was said player around during the game? Who are they hanging out with? Oh, my God, who'd they eat? Uh, well, you couldn't eat with anybody because you're not allowed to. But who's in a locker room by them? Was it a running back? Because if it was Kareem Hunt or um, Nick Chubb, they weren't around anybody all day. Hundred yard rushers. They, they were skirting by everybody. <laughs> T's and P's to whoever got it on the yeah. Browns team. It was a player, I guess, who tested positive. We hope you survive. Uh, but let's get back to the AFC North. The Ravens last night losing a game that nobody could have predicted except for at Boston Connor. You guys are two and zero since you reset the schedule, Bingo. reset the season mm-hmm. right here on the show. Feel amazing. I mean, Cam Newton's not making mistakes. That's all that matters. We can run the football, and when it does rain and the weather's like that, it's perfect for us. So thank you to Cleveland in those lakes for sending that storm our way last night. Interesting you said that about the rain because there are conspiracies kicking
being back up on the internet. <laughs> Zap Viva Lazito told yep. us, so, which he has a good poll today, by the way, that involves Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. came up mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. um, there, Bill Polian. I don't know if it was Bill Polian or somebody said that Bill Polian said. So I don't know if it was a quote of somebody quoting Bill Polian. But the thought that um, Kraft and Belichick and Ernie and them could control the weather up there has always been something that people have talked about. It's like, and up there, you know, they can control the weather. It always <laughs> seems like it happens whenever it's, uh, you know, it benefits them or suits them. I don't know how that would help them last night going against the Ravens team, but I do like that the internet is back on mm -hmm. the evil empire being the evil empire again. Well, it's not right. even that they control the weather. I mean, Bill Belichick knows what's going to happen in the game before the game even happens. He told Cam Newton exactly how it was going to go, and turns out that's what happened. We win by six. It's wonderful. And that extra point, oh, missing wow. it, could have been terrible. I was very worried that that was going to come down to the elusive extra point miss. It's worse than a weather machine. It's a time machine. Well, yeah, it could be, by the <laughs> way. Oh, no. If you're the most <laughs> successful dynasty in the history of the biggest league on earth, you would think that maybe those particular people would have a time machine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's just they are so much smarter than everybody else when it comes to football. We get a chance to listen to Michael Lombardi, who was up there for a few years, mm -hmm. uh, every Monday, Thursday, Friday on the Hammer Don podcast. And when he starts talking about seeing how games play out and shit like that, it is so incredible to listen. It's insightful. And he's coming from New England. And Cam Newton, to your point, immediately after the game said something along the lines of like, uh, I'm beginning to think that he either has a Staples easy button or a Buffalo Wild Wings button or just a straight direct line to the football gods because he's like a football whisperer when it comes to anticipating what the game's going to be like. Uh, that was a tweet from Jeff P. Howe uh, on a quote from Cam Newton talking about Bill Belichick. And if you listen to Michael Lombardi speak, who was up there and was a coaching assistant up there and everything like that, or a, a, a counselor, advisor, whatever the hell he was. I don't know what his role was up there, by the way. I just know that he was up there, and I know that he's he, – when you hear him start talking about, you you know, this team, they can't really stop this, and then you do this, and then on the other side you go ahead and do this, and then this is probably going to affect this. You start seeing the puzzle get pieced together mm -hmm. on how the game's probably going to go, and I would assume Belichick and Ernie – do that what every single guy oh yeah all right we have to work on this because i think this is going to happen and this is going to happen you go back to the do your job part one i believe on a two-point conversion or part two maybe the two-point conversion play hey we're going to need a two-point conversion play in this game let's work on a couple new ones and then it literally comes down to a two-point conversion mm -hmm. how about the pick on russell wilson they had ran that Ooh, play yeah. they had that entire thing exactly that is a weapon to have a coach that and you know you would make me think that maybe he smokes a little marijuana that he gets oh, that night i don't know I'm not saying he does. He probably doesn't, I would assume. But whenever you start getting that deep into thinking, mm -hmm. yeah, I would I would be intrigued to see how those meetings go. Him and Ernie just staring in a, in a dark room with like a film on, obviously. Mm -hmm. And they see someone like, oh, yeah, uh, Julio Jones can't run to his left. So <laughs> interesting. That probably means he's going to throw the right. So if it goes to the right, we need our left corner to work on his left bicep a little bit. Okay. Ooh, okay. Start working out on the left bicep over there All right now. Oh, looks like they're going to score need two-point plays too yeah. <laughs> two-point play i mean it is just if that's what's happening every week i'm not sure if that's happening everywhere else i wouldn't be privy to those conversations but i would assume it's not yeah that's awesome to hear and cam newton this is like football school when you go up there and that's why i wonder if his coaches don't work out everywhere else because if you don't have 
the ability to have that forethought or that forevision doesn't really matter what else you do if you don't know exactly what else is going to happen. Like, for instance, most of Belichick's assistants, when they go coach elsewhere, don't do great. No. Mm -hmm. I would assume that's potentially because you're not being told exactly what's going to happen going in there. Now, mm -hmm. maybe Maddie Patricia, uh, Adam Ooh. and Foxy, maybe Maddie Patricia is starting to figure that out. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe that's maybe no. that's what Matt Patricia is starting to do up there in Detroit. No. And we're turning this thing around. Hey, we were up 21 points. We blew the lead. I thought it was going to be Alex Smith's fairy tale game. And that's why the Lions exist, right? For these fairy tale comebacks. Yeah. Well, it turns out he does get that. We get 16 seconds left. Alex Smith ties it, but 16 seconds, Pat. Too much. Too much time for Matthew Stafford. Too much. Down, gives Matt Prater a 59 yard field goal. We win. All of that's cool. But the most important thing in that game is now Matt Prater has the 59-yard field goal, and we are beating Brandon McManus yep. mm -hmm. for the uh, Bud Light free beer for the city of Detroit. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's all that matters. Selfish Fox, he doesn't care about the Lions win. At all. Doesn't no. care at all. He just cares about the uh, standings against uh, Brandon McManus in Denver for the free beer for the entire city, whoever has the longest field goal. I like that uh, Bud Light kind of stepped up for that. But that Lions game, it was on uh, top left TV. Ooh, <laughs> so made it on. It, well, there's only five games. Mm -hmm. True. <laughs> Had to go on. So that had to go on, right? Masters were on. The uh, congrats to Dustin Johnson. Yeah, I mean, it has to feel good. You're up five with two left or whatever, oh. and you're just like, I literally can't fuck this up. <laughs> Caddy's crying. Yeah, his, brother, awesome. his brother's crying, the whole thing. I guess he grew up like 45 minutes north of there or something like that in South Carolina or an mm. hour north of there in South Carolina. Yeah. yeah, pretty interesting little story. Good for him. Dominant win. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Smoked him. Dominant win. And uh, speaking of dominant, that par three to Tiger, Jesus Christ. Mm. I mean, mm. it, it's a tee shot. Great action on that ball. Spins right into the pond. <laughs> yep. Takes a drop. Great action on that ball. Spins it right back into the pond. Second drop. Hits it over. Now we're standing awkward uh, cockeyed there on the sand trap. Blasts it back into that water. That lake has so many Tiger Woods balls at this moment. <laughs> it is incredible. Congrats to Dustin Johnson. You deserve it, bud. Hope the two-point-something million-dollar payout that he just made yesterday is uh, spent in beautiful fashion, I assume. Well, good beard on him, too. He's gotten it thicker as opposed to just the thing down there. Um, that was awesome. But the Washington-Detroit uh, game, very interesting because I, it did feel as if Detroit was going to blow them out. Yes. And I was like, congrats to Detroit, right? Like, congrats to Detroit getting a chance to enjoy <laughs> one of these games. Mm -hmm. And then lo and behold, no way. Alex Smith said, not today. Mm -mm. Not after 700 and some days <laughs> until I get my start back and they come back, roaring back. Ron Rivera beat cancer. Alex Smith's got a hamstring for a shin. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. And they're coming back. It was like kind of interesting to kind of watch it up there. It was like dead. And all of a yeah. sudden it's like, wait a minute. All right. Is that trash time? No, there's still. Oh shit! This again. Oh, Detroit's gonna lose. I was like, <laughs> I was getting to the point. Where I was like, oh my god, this is gonna happen. Matty Prater, though, is absolutely money. And I think Lions fans, the last couple of weeks, were calling for Prater's job. By the really? way, what? I, I hope not. Yeah, people are calling for Prater's jobs on Twitter because he's missed a couple kicks this year, which isn't normal. Prater never misses. Right. I, I guess he's missed a couple kicks this year. Who knows what for or why? He's got a rookie holder who bombs footballs and Jack Fox. But the last couple of weeks, I've seen some tweets that are like, "Is Matt Prater washed?" Blah 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 blah. Huh? Fifty-nine yarder to win it. 
for a city that probably doesn't deserve it. And for a go-ahead, under two minutes, go-ahead field goals, he's like 16 for 16 in his career. So I don't know why you would want to get rid of that guy. Pretty good. Yes. Uh-huh. Hey, shout-out Alex Smith, though. I mean, he almost threw for 400 yards. That's a hell of a game. Yeah, your team's terrible. Yeah. terrible. <laughs> We're in such a bad spot, too, because now we see these quarterbacks that we could have drafted with a third overall pick, like Tua and Herbert dominating, and who knows how long Stafford's going to stick around, and then, and then Patricia's probably going to be gone. And no. But you won. Yeah. But we won. Hey. Cheers. Anti Schmidt Packers. Um, we're just trying to, they were trying to win, obviously. Yeah. But it felt like in a couple different situations, maybe not paying attention as much as they potentially should be. Mm-hmm. Aaron had a great game. Uh, I think a guy dropped in a coverage that he didn't expect. That's why he threw a pick. We'll ask him, obviously, tomorrow, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. But that game. The score was much closer than the game was. If you weren't watching the game, Packers are winning that game mm-hmm. pretty handily, but then a mistake would come, and it's like, oh, goddamn, the Jaguars are somehow back in this thing. Mm-hmm. They obviously don't cover, kill the super boost. How do you feel about the Packers? And is this just a game of it's the Jaguars? Uh, they got to win. Let's move on. Who cares? I mean, they were flat. You could tell from you know the, the first series they were out there. This is the first time this season that they haven't scored on their opening drive. But, I mean, they won, you know? It is what it is. I don't think you can put too much stock in it. You look at what the, the Steelers did last week against the Cowboys. I hope that's what the Packers, you know, next week come out and beat the hell out of the Colts. That's going to be a very tough game. But uh, I see some idiot in the uh, comment section, Static1217, says, J.K. Scott got got. It's like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, dude. You know that guy that was returning that? What's his name? uh, Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole. He ran 11-2-900 in college. It's the fourth fourth fastest uh, 100-meter dash in his school's history or something like that. Whenever you're talking about returners, you're talking – now, granted, J.K. Scott should have laid out. Like, I I think Mm -hmm. – how close J.K. was whenever he got juked, problematic okay that is something that we should he should have he should have shot his shot way earlier than that but jk was you know, i don't know what he was trying to do he definitely got shook i mean mm-hmm. that's gonna happen but people are tweeting as if he got shook by like their uncle in a backyard <laughs> football game it's a freak athlete out here mm-hmm. but everybody wants to talk about how he outkicked his coverage okay and the lazy ass commentators go oh he outkicked his coverage and granted i think it was like 35 mile an hour winds or something like that or 30 mile an hour winds so maybe he didn't hit the best ball it's probably a bit low maybe too far but anytime you hear somebody say they outkicked their coverage maybe it's true maybe you kicked it too far and uh you kind of fucked everything up but usually that is just a very lazy way by commentators uh to not have to explain what's going on with the coverage so for instance riley dixon yesterday hit a 71 yard punt everybody's losing their mind that's a great punt okay 71 yard punt to do that by the way you have to hit the ball what very fucking far okay how do you do that well you have to drop the ball a little bit lower you have to go ahead and turn that thing over but what if a guy catches that and takes it all the way back because he outkicked his coverage like there's there's so much contradiction and hypocrisy in the outkicking of the coverage thing that is just so stupid if you really wanted a punter to just kick where his coverage would be perfectly you're looking at like a 41 yard ball every single time and if somebody had that they'd be like probably 16th or 17th in the in the league you'd be calling for their job we love the punters that boom balls and flip field like that's the purpose of doing it but every once in a while you're going to kick it a bit farther than you expected and if your coverage team is worth a single shit and makes a play nobody even talks about it it's a round of applause 55 yard change of field position 
position, that's a big play. Hey, Woo. that's a big play. And any time the returner takes it and scores, everybody's like, well, the punter out kicked his coverage because it's just an easy way to pawn all the blame off on the one particular position that has been ridiculed and made fun of since the beginning of football without talking about the coverage, which was atrocious. This isn't absolutely – now, granted, I think there's a lot of injuries on the Packers team, and when there's a lot of injuries, normally that means you're signing guys that are probably supposed to be in the CFL or something like that to play special teams. Uh, there's a chance that some of these guys might not have even been on the roster as of Friday or Thursday. They might have had a workout and they got signed up. So there is a chance that these players are being thrown into a position that they've never been in. But everybody can see on this picture that there is five guys single file line, okay? A punt coverage is supposed to look like a net. It's supposed to be like a net. Everybody knows inside shoulder, inside shoulder, keep the ball on the inside shoulder or whatever. And you're never supposed to follow the same color and lane integrity. There's everything like that. But whenever you hear commentators go, oh, he outkicked his coverage, and then he gets shook. It's like, well, he fucked up the punt, and he got shook. It's like, well, let's just bury this guy. And it's like, well, okay, he did get shook. Okay, let's bury him for looking unathletic in that moment mm -hmm. against a uh, collegiate track star. Uh, but then let's also talk about his coverage being worth a single fuck in the, in the moment, which is exactly what happened yesterday. So that kind of worked me up a little bit. Because anytime you hear a commentator go, he outkicked his coverage, your immediate thought is, have you ever played special teams? <laughs> Do you even know what that means? And why are you talking the way you are instead of explaining a very simple concept that literally one person can block five people in this particular point, and that's not good for anybody? No, yeah, I mean, I, I texted you right after this happened. I was like, was that a dog shit punt? Because you know, maybe, came... maybe. By the way, I didn't have a stopwatch on it. <laughs> might have been a bad, might have been a bad punt. Which probably it looked like it came in low. Whenever I watched the replay back, it looked like it was a low ball and everything like that. Which JK's got to fix. But you're talking about very windy day, right, so maybe yeah. he's not going to be perfect. But I think the most egregious act there on that punting was that coverage team being in a straight mm -hmm. line, and the commentators just add that punter out kicked it. Then he got shook. Fuck him. He doesn't have a family or a life to make. He's the punter to hell with him. It's yeah, bullshit. And that really is, you know, pretty much like if you came in late and didn't see the whole thing, like that's what you heard and you just assume like, oh, okay, it was a dog shit punt yeah. and he got, he got, you know, embarrassed. But, but instead today in the special teams meeting, they're stopping it right there and they're just taking the laser pointer and circling those five people. What are we doing? <laughs> what is this right here? So that was a little frustrating, uh, but you know, happy it gave us a chance to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, kind of changed. It's good the, to shed some light. Yeah, it is good to change some light. Let them know. Uh, before we get to a break here at Vivo Zito. Oh yeah. Um, the poll today is maybe one of my favorites that you. It's a massive poll. Let me hear it. Uh, who's the greatest Hail Mary quarterback of all time? Uh, we have Kyler Murray. He's at 6.4%. Jesus Christ, the greatest comeback of all time, 22.1%. And Aaron Rodgers, 71.5. So. Aaron wow. Rodgers is beating Jesus Christ. Yes. Oh my God. Is Aaron God? Hey, Jesus has been throwing oh, yeah. some Hail Marys for a long, long time. Created. Pretty consistent. Yeah. I mean, deep ball throw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those things are embedded to them. You know <laughs> what right I mean? about oh, yeah. it, yeah. Talk about are, every Sunday. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus... Jesus was Sunday's quarterback long before <laughs> That's right, any Sunday, NFL yeah. came by. Uh -huh. It's shocking. Aaron Rodgers, 71.5%. Kyler Murray, 6.4%. Jesus Christ at 22.1%. I really thought, because we have a big recency bias issue with our yeah, yeah. polls and everything like that. And that Kyler Murray ball was great. Incredible. Literally, lawn darts 
right into the spot I need to be. And I thought Jesus would get a lot of just in case votes. Yeah, like <laughs> I might die today. You show up at the Pearly Gates. Well, you didn't. You didn't vote for me in that pool, so. You remember earlier today where you were on that guy's big pole? This is how he was described, I believe. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you remember Aaron Rodgers? I hope it was good on planet earth about because let me tell you about eternity <laughs> a lot of people are sitting by the way too they're saying that doug flutie should be there instead of jesus christ uh that's boston oh. college oh yeah we're talking about the nfl here talking about the men's league but i can understand where yeah. we get into college football you could want that yeah i don't know it was a great ball that's a sin yeah. for talking college cordell had a better one so oh, oh. Did, actually <laughs> i don't know if it was better but it was definitely a great one yeah aaron had two in the same year though. yeah he did yeah, yeah. One in the same building. Yep, in the playoffs. Which led to an overtime, which... Yeah, the Cardinals got the ball first and just jammed it right down their throat, scored, and won the game. So it didn't matter. But Kyler did get a win with that. That's right. But the Lions won, where it hit the roof. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hey, so sorry to interrupt. I want to let you know that this fall, as you get back into the swing of things... Mm Mm-hmm. Bespoke Post has a brand new seasonal box of awesome collection for guys. Guaranteed to upgrade your lifetime. I need it. Whether it's gear to upgrade your autumn craft beers or cozy threads for when the temperature dips, Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month. No matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. Style and grooming goods, barware, cooking tools, outdoor gear. Box of Awesome has collections for every single part of your lifetime. I mean, I love all the trinkets they always send. They are awesome. Mm-hmm. They're things that we would never buy for ourselves. Ever. But once you get them, you're like, very thankful this is a part of my life all of a sudden. Needed it. To get started, all you do is take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every single month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but it has over $70 worth of gear inside. Wow. 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 Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code PAT. At checkout, that's boxofawesome.com code PAT for 20% off your first box. Listen, this is you gifting yourself every single month something awesome that you would never, ever buy yourself. Yeah, for sure. It's Christmas every single month. A box shows up at your doorstep. Box of Awesome uh, shows up at your doorstep. And they have things inside. You're like, wow, I would have never bought this for myself. I don't know if I have time. I didn't know it existed. But Box of Awesome from Bespoke Post, they do all the research to find out what's cool. Once you do your quiz, they know you. And they send you shit you're going to love. Very high uh, hit rate, too. It's always a good box. That is true. It does have a high success rate, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Oh, yeah. There's some things that have shown up where I'm like, all right, I won't ever fucking use that. But then there's a lot of things, a high percentage of things. I'd say 80, 85%. Get you in the Hall of Fame. In every thing every that sport. involves percentages. That's right. They should go in the Hall of Fame. They should. Put the Box of Awesome in the goddamn Hall of Fame. Put them in the Hall. That's boxofawesome.com. Code Pat, 20% off your first box. It's not just Christmas in December. It's every single month with Bespoke Post. <laughs> And that'll be talking about that on the ESPN later. Ladies and gentlemen, senior NFL insider, Adam Schefter. Are you getting driven around? Are you in back of one of those Mercedes-Benz Maybachs that I saw uh, Ricky Fowler riding mm-hmm. around in at the Masters? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm in the back of a uh, GMC little 
uh, four four seater van here. Pat. Nice. Well, we appreciate you uh, joining us today. I assume you're heading over to the set for a big Monday NFL countdown. You guys got going on tonight? Just got uh, done taping my podcast at my house, and now we are driving to the studio to do a we do a two o'clock meeting for Monday Night Countdown, and then do NFL Live at what is that four o'clock, and then Monday Night Countdown at six o'clock. So yeah, Shafty. You're always on, pal, and we appreciate it. Thank you for taking you. time out of joining us today. The Adam Schefter Podcast is one of the favorites in the office, oh, yeah. so we appreciate you putting time in to do that. Let's talk about your 2 o'clock meeting you're about to go into. I assume there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to be rolling out, pitching of storylines potentially with injuries that came out of yesterday. What's the biggest takeaway? Uh, allegedly, Teddy Bridgewater is much more healthy than we initially thought he was going to be. What's going on with Drew Brees, all that stuff? Chef, do you have any updates on anything? A couple things on Drew Brees, right? First of all, when he doesn't finish the game, how much does it take to knock Drew Brees out of the game? That tells you that he's hurt, right? And when you saw his body slammed to the ground, I thought to myself, ooh, that looked nasty. Now, I've never felt that. You probably have, Pat. I've, I've seen the tackles you make on the sidelines. I know what kind of weight you throw around. But for Drew Brees not to finish the game, okay, and then – You'll notice that the New Orleans writers said his body language and tone after the game was such that they hadn't heard from him. That tells you that the guy's hurt. Uh, I don't know what it is yet. I don't know that we'll ever find out exactly what it is. Sometimes these things remain mysteries. But again, it looks to me like it's going to be challenging for him to play this week. And we'll see the extent of the injury. I know he was going for more tests this morning. I've not gotten the results. I've not heard the results. But... Uh, I, I think there's an injury there. Okay, so Taysom or Jameis? Because Jameis came in. Now, listen, everybody knows that Sean Payton has said, hey, Taysom is the next Steve Young, and he got some snaps at center yesterday, obviously, and he's had throws in the past. But are we looking at Jameis Winston time, eating dubs down there in New Orleans, Shefty? Well, I, I made the mistake last year when Drew Brees got hurt and he missed time. I thought with their love of Taysom Hill that they would turn to Taysom Hill and it wouldn't be Teddy. But they went to Teddy in the same way that I believe that they'll now go to Jameis because they view Taysom Hill as important enough to what they do all over the field. Like, he plays special teams. He catches. He runs. He does gadgets. He does everything. So if he's playing quarterback, you take that away. And I don't think they want to give that away. Huh. So just like it was Teddy last year, I expect it to be Jameis this year with Taysom holding the same Taysom Hill role. Okay, so Christian McCaffrey was out yesterday. They showed him on the sideline. Now Teddy's banged up. Are the Carolina Panthers dead, or what's going on over there? Well, they're not dead, but obviously they're going to be missing their running back this weekend, and I would be surprised if Teddy played, but he's a tough guy. I'm not counting him out just yet. The knee injury was not as bad as he thought. Again, if these guys are taken out of the game, they're leaving – some of these guys, they're so tough that I think you have to read something into that sometimes. And I, I think Teddy's that kind of guy. You know, Drew Brees is that kind of guy. So when they leave, that tells you that there's something there. Um, I don't expect them to have Christian McCaffrey this weekend for Carolina. And I, we'll wait to see on Teddy. I need to know more. But it, it doesn't sound like it's as bad as it could have been though it sounds like it still will be challenging for him to play. Uh, let's go over to that Rams-Seahawks game. Is Russell Wilson broken? What are you hearing out of Seattle? Well, it's not that he's broken. It's that he's got more turnovers the last three weeks than anybody in football. And I don't know why that that's is, I mean. but if you're turning over the football, that, that's, that's why you don't win football game. I mean, it's really simple. And he went from 
a leading MVP candidate to a guy who, as I said, has more turnovers the last three weeks than any player in football. Oh, hmm. I, I don't know how or why that happens. I, I, there probably is some sort of correlation to the fact that Chris Carson's missed the last three weeks. Oh. So their running game has not been as prevalent and as significant as it was early in the year. And so you lose a dimension to your offense. Not that DJ Dallas and Travis Homer can't run the football. They can. But Chris Carson brings a certain aura and attitude to the offense that they haven't had the last three weeks. And, oh, by the way, those happen to be the same three weeks where they've been a little bit pass-happy. They've let Russ cook, and it's resulted in a lot of interceptions. Now, I, I think Chris Carson's going to be back this week on Thursday night. Okay. And if he is, if he heals enough this week to where they get him back out there, I think that'll be a big help to Russell uh, to get things straightened out here. Todd? Adam, have you heard uh, about when the Packers might be getting Lazard back? I feel like a couple weeks ago they said he was getting ready to be, you know, ready to go. And then last week he he didn't uh, dress. And then again this week, you know, they were hopeful that he would play, but he hasn't. Have you heard anything about him? Well, you know, it, it initially it was a pretty significant injury, more significant than I think people realized. And so I, I think here's the thing with Green Bay is it's, it's winning football games like it did yesterday. Uh, Not by so, enough, Shifter! <laughs> Not by enough! But we'll talk to okay, Aaron. Well, we'll you, know, you know, a W's a W. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. And, and you're so right. W, with each W, they buy a little bit more time uh, for Lazard to come back. Now, that, as we know, is one of the more cautious and careful training staffs in the league. So they're not going to bring him back before he's ready. They're not, they're not going to – if he's 90%, I think they're going to wait a little bit longer so he's 98% or whatever it may be. Uh, and so they recognize that it's for the long haul that they're going to win that division – and they need Lazard fully healthy for later in the year. They, they, that's a smart play. By the way, just like Chubb running out of bounds and just like kneeling yep. in the extra point mm -hmm. for Cliff Kingsbury, but there's been terrible football IQ moves made all year. Don't know why those two have to be the smartest people ever uh, when there's potentially a lot of money gambled and wagered on their side. Tone Diggs, your question, please. Shefty, how long of a leash does uh, winning the Super Bowl in Philadelphia give Doug Peterson? Because anytime I see anything about him on the internet, the Philadelphia Philadelphia fans hate that guy right now. And I don't know. Carson. And Carson. I don't know. How does the front office feel? Well, I, I, you know, it's a great question. Thank you. And when, when you're doing a Super Bowl, um, you buy yourself, I think, a lot of time. And by the way, Doug Peterson, Nick Bolt, they all have a forever spot in Philadelphia sports history. So I, I never feel like there's pressure mounting. But every time a team lives like this division – has been all but gift-wrapped to the Eagles. Like the, the Washington football team, the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, are trying to say to the Eagles, here is the division in a nice, pretty bow, and, and, and they just don't want to take it. And so when that's the case, inevitably, they're going to want somebody's blood. So whether that's Carson Wentz or Doug Peterson or whoever it is, they want blood. And... Look, I don't know how it's going to play out, but if this team doesn't win that division this year, when it's never been easier to win, 
fans are going to want somebody to pay for it, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you can't look complacent if you're the owner. What's his name? He's pretty uh, active, too, the owner. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie. Jeffrey Lurie. He's pretty active. I would assume that he, the fans thinking that he's gotten complacent is something he wouldn't want to do. Who knows who it'll be in Philadelphia. NFC East runs through the New York Giants. Yeah, by the yeah. way. Hire a special teams coach. Good things happening. Speaking of hiring a coach, the Houston Texans, there's rumors now on the internet, and normally when there's rumors, you've started them, but I don't know if you started this one or not or if the world did. Romeo Cornell, is he going to be the head coach down there? And what do you hear about J.J. Watt, who, if J.J. Watt is cut, they owe him nothing next year, and he's a free agent. He said, I'm not a part of a rebuild. What do you see for the whole Houston Texans situation, which Billy O'Brien left them with zero things to really build with? Yeah, I'm not expecting Romeo Cornell to be the head coach next year. I think there's a question whether he's going to even want to continue coaching in the NFL at all next year. Romeo, uh, I think, I'm not sure if he's the oldest coach or one of the oldest coaches, but I think that I think that he's quite content with a, the great career that he's had, and I'm not so sure that he wants to do it beyond this year. J.J. Um, Watt, I think, recognizes all the changes that have occurred in Houston, all the instability that has been there, and how far off the team is right now. Like, the team is just... It, 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 it's a little bit rudderless <laughs> and there have been a lot of moves made that I think people have not agreed with and so when it's like that and if you're J.J. Watt and you're nearing the end of your career you'd like to try to go out and win and Houston right now unless it could get it correct it seems like it's a little ways off from that so if you're J.J. Watt wouldn't you want to go finish your career with, with a team that's got a chance to win. Like, how great would it be if J.J. Watt were playing with his brother in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Mark Dupree, Cam Hayward, oh. T.J. Watt, J.J. Watt, Whoa. and then Derek Watt causing turnovers in special teams. I mean, the Watts took over that tag game show. Yeah. They oh, yeah. would take and over. Now, now, let me say this. Before we get, before we get too car- carried away with the Watts in Pittsburgh, which I love the idea, by the way. I love the idea, right? But yeah. Oh, yeah. J.J. JJ's got a big salary, and the Steelers are – cap strapped and the cap may go down and so that's the reality of the situation right like let's not let the tax get away (laughs) great story JJ Watt going to Pittsburgh so we could we could come up with the idea Pat we could float it around out there Pat yeah I don't know how practical and realistic it is but who the hell cares JJ Watt would be a great stealer yeah yeah I think with a lot of teams, though, that are going to be good, that he would want to go to to win, they potentially are going to be cap-strapped, especially if it goes down to $170 million. So that might be one of those situations like people saying Trevor Lawrence should hold out so he doesn't become a Jet. It's like Trevor Lawrence is going to go to a bad football team regardless. That's like not really Trevor Lawrence's decision because he's going to be... Trevor Lawrence is going out. He's coming. Has to. He has to. If he doesn't, somebody should go down there. Maybe that girl on TikTok that looks exactly like him and says, hey, let's fucking go, pal. It's time. You know Pat, what I mean? Pat, every year he puts it off. He's he's basically saying, no, I don't want 30, 40, 50 million dollars. Like, I mean, yeah. There's no way. I mean, there's no way. He's coming out. He has to. And by the way, the Jets will build around him. They'll probably get rid of Gase and everything will move forward. Nick, what do you got, pal? You know, okay, you know you do, by the way? Trevor Lawrence? You say to Trevor Lawrence, Trevor, we got the number one pick. Who do you want as the head coach, Trevor? Oh. Who do you want to work with here? Huh? Who, who would interest you? Who do you think he would say? Because Dabo, I don't think Dabo's going to the NFL, pal. No, he might say Pat McAfee. Whoa! Whoa! 
Hey, listen up. <laughs> Run! <laughs> Trevor, you wanted it. You got it, pal. On the line. Uh, Nick, what do you got? Adam, you touched on the NFC East and what a dumpster fire it is. There's a realistic chance we could see the team that wins that division with like four, five, six wins and make a playoff spot. Is that something the league would look at in the offseason, or are they so dead set on division winners, playoff spots, that's it, that's all? You know, it, that comes up every year whenever there's some division that's in the same position that the NFC East is. I remember when the Seahawks won the NFC West at 7-9 and nine and went to the playoffs and in the first round played, I think it was an 11-5 and five or 12-4 and four Saints team where everybody's saying, oh, they should reformat, reseed the playoffs. And lo and behold, Marshawn Lynch has beast mode earthquake run. They beat the Saints in the first round. And owners always have felt that Division winners should be rewarded with a home playoff game. And so um, I have not heard anything that would change that. And by the way, if you look at the Eagles' schedule down the stretch, I mean, holy moly, good luck with the schedule that they have in front of them right now. I'm just calling it up because somebody sent it to me this morning, and I'll just read it to you. The Eagles' schedule, remaining schedule, at the Browns, tough game, right? Mm-hmm. Seahawks at home, tough game. Mm. At Green Bay, tough. Home for New Orleans. Mm. At Arizona, tough. Mm-hmm. At Dallas, which okay. should be winnable, but not the way they're playing. True, true. And then true. home, finishing up with the WFT. Okay, so <laughs> you look at that, and that that's a tough schedule for Philly. So the winner of the NFC East very well might be six and ten. And that's going to be the New York Giants. Um, Last question before we let you go, Shefty. It seems like there's a chance that former Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker was framed and completely extorted, and now he's out of a job because of a couple bad people down in South Florida. What are you hearing about that? All charges against him have been dropped. Is there more that's going to go into this? Is DeAndre Baker potentially going to be trying to maybe sue back because of slander and extortion and everything like that, or is this just going to end, you think? Well, you'd be better off having a legal analyst answering that question. All I can tell you is it's a wild story. And I don't know what will be next, but if he is as innocent as it sounds and the charges against him have been dropped, then he should be signed to a football team right now. Right now. Now, again, you just got to be smart about the situations you're putting yourself in, but if he did nothing wrong here, then he should have a job in this league tomorrow. And I would think that teams are doing their diligence Oh, no. It's signed, oh, and if there are no charges, uh, he should be allowed to make a living just like everybody else. All right. Good luck covering tonight's game. Uh, we appreciate you. Is there anything we should know before going into tonight's game uh, that you know that we don't? Uh, let's see. No, sure. It's interesting in a team North matchup, right? We got we got no David Montgomery, no. Herb Smith for the Vikings, Dalvin Cooks. I'm mean, not. Yeah, I'm telling you what you know, right? We'll we'll be talking more about him than I count down tonight. Okay, oh. <laughs> can't wait to hear it, ladies and gentlemen. Adam Shepard. Thank yeah, you. So much. This one will build a little bit. Uh, put start and center AQ Shipley up on the screen because he's going to enjoy this too. Yeah. yeah. You hear this beat, AQ? Yeah, we're in Vegas. Are we in Vegas? <laughs> oh, Vegas! Yeah! We got to go to a Chris Angel show stat, dude. <laughs>
Did he make it through COVID? Welcome back to the Pat McAfee Show. Joining us now is a man who's an undefeated starting center in this 2020 NFL season. They call him the round mound of man, but they forget that in Western Pennsylvania, he's a Hall of Famer because of his basketball ability. Hell yeah! In college, he won whatever award that gives the best center in the country that isn't even during the award show. It's the day before. Hell yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, from the Penn State University and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, AQ Ship. How are we doing? Ah, it's frozen. Oh, no. Froze up as soon as I introduce you. Show isn't ready for the big, or your phone isn't ready for the big moment. Oh, oh, oh. It's catching up. Oh, you're back. I think we're getting there. You're back. Uh, You have to feel. It's all all about the humidity. It cuts off the internet. Yeah. How Uh, is Tampa Bay, by the way? You were in Arizona the last few years, and then Indianapolis before that, and Baltimore, and Pennsylvania with all the teams. Now you're down in Tampa. How is the weather down there? It's starting to cool off now. Oh, this Daylight saving really helps. Potato phone. Go inside, please. I mean, you're, you're trying to time. sabotage the show right Five now. Find some internet. Find some goddamn dude. internet. You're starting to serve. Are we back? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. I don't, know what, I don't know what the deal is. Outside doesn't work real well. I don't get it. <sighs> you know that. Stay yeah, you do know that. Yeah. We've Come had on. conversations, literally like personal conversations. You on that thing? Same exact outcome every single time. I thought I heard Nick making a comment back there tell nick to shut up <laughs> you shut up hey you sh- hey nick you shut up nick all right yeah you get one win now all of a sudden you're big tough guy oh, oh, holy oh, shit oh, oh. uh those are two hosts of that's hockey talk by the way our <laughs> hockey podcast nick and aq aq yesterday you get a chance to start um for the first time this year you weren't on the team during training camp or much of training camp so yesterday was literally your first in-game action of the year how'd the body feel were you incredibly tired how about men Mentally, was there? What were your thoughts going in? Uh, were you worried about the fitness level at all since you hadn't played against anybody for real? Yeah, I mean, we'll start with. Uh, I think I'm going to answer backwards here. Okay. I was real concerned about the fitness level. <laughs> I haven't been taking very many reps in practice up until last week. Um, with the expanded role of the practice squad, I've. I probably should have taken more reps. Yeah. <laughs> um, hindsight. Hindsight. In hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, we got into about maybe, I think we had like a 10-play drive in the second quarter. Legs were real heavy, real <laughs> heavy. Um, fought through it, and then, and then we were good once once we got rolling. But I will say this. The one thing that was really nice, Charlotte's weather yesterday was unbelievable. 70 degrees, cloud cover, nice breeze. Oh. That, that, that helped big time because, man, if we were in Miami yesterday, oh, it would have been a tough one. <laughs> AQ, hey, how does it when you get thrust into the lineup? How does that work? Like, does BA come to you? Do you have to have a meeting? Like, was it a big deal? It was kind of one of those things where I think against New Orleans the week before it was talked about. Um, I think they were comfortable with Jensen at center um, that week, and I think they were kind of toying with that idea. But I didn't. I don't think they wanted to make the double move, move Jensen to guard, and then also moving me in. And then uh, you know, obviously against New Orleans, it was a little bit of a rough night and they you know they told me monday they were like hey just listen be ready this week um you know we might make that move and you know they ended up going that route so um i think i knew by you know thursday like by thursday once i got all the reps on thursday i was like yeah i think this is the way we were going ali still had a chance uh coming off the concussion i think they were going to do a test with him on saturday so i think there was still that little chance that he was still going to be able to go but you know saturday morning it was a no-go and 
We were rolling. I think you know B.A. better than anybody, maybe. I think you've been in Pittsburgh, you're with them. In Indianapolis, you're with them. In Arizona, you're with them. They brought you in because you know the offense inside and out. We need a vet here uh, this year. B.A., okay, he goes on to say Gronk is a blocking tight end. That next week, he gets targeted like 10 times. We need Antonio Brown on less plays. Antonio Brown was in on more plays. Is Bruce Arians just trolling every single time he speaks to the media? That's a great question. But one thing that I know is I feel real good about life. I've been compared to Gronk and Antonio Brown this year. Never in a million years thought that was going to be a comparison. (laughs) Hell yeah, as you should be, pal. That's good news. Who did that? Who did that? Yeah, you know, he brought brought me in as like, uh, you know, to to shore up the room. That's what he said about Gronk. That's what he said about AB. So I feel I feel good to be mentioned in that company. All right. I mean, you're it's quite a stretch there. Okay, that is quite that is quite a stretch. Thank you. I mean, let's take the it whole easy. reason I brought that up was for that stretch. Oh, okay. All right. Good. Well, hey, if, if you couldn't if you couldn't tell. Hey, if we're connecting dots, let's connect the dots. Yesterday, you had a hell of a game, dude. You did. Now there was a moment where you and Tom, you had a false start or something, and he, on TV you see him go AQ, and you don't really hear what happens afterwards. How is the relationship with old Tom? I saw you with two towels uh, down your pants. The whole thing. How is it? with Tom yeah great I mean I I just try and not get yelled at I got I got the one with the one wrath of him yesterday that was completely my fault yeah completely my fault so it uh probably should snap the ball whenever the cadence is on one probably, <laughs> probably a good idea You're the um, center. nothing else can happen until you do that yeah so um but in terms of the towels I switched it out at halftime I wow. stayed dry I didn't get yelled at for that I felt good about that hey does it affect Wait. anything does that affect anything uh no it actually it actually helps I will say that you know the one the couple times where like you know it's like a walkthrough practice or whatever and you're in shorts and you actually feel sweat going down your crack it's not it's not as fun after you've had the towel and the baby powder it really works it really helps all right hey that's what tom brady does by the way yeah. helps everybody out helps everybody but out. all in all 200 yard rushing game 544 yards of offense 46 Woo. points Woo. is that good <laughs> solid day at the office <laughs> <laughs> 98-yard run by Ronald Jones off your left ass cheek. Did you follow him down to celebrate, or did you immediately turn around and celebrate with everybody else and, you know, kind of save some wind there? I was trying to survive yesterday. As soon as I saw him get 10 yards by me, I walked straight to the side. <laughs> really hoping that he didn't get caught. Yeah. He used that jumbotron. You and I have never been in that situation to do that before, but that was an incredible run by that guy. Yeah, he's, he's a stud, man. He's running the ball hard. He's running the ball well, and I think you guys had him on the show after his last big game, so maybe you should get him on again. Yeah, bingo. Maybe. Hey, do you ever have to uh, change pants at halftime? I know I had a, we had a center in high school that would have to change his pants. He sweated so much. I did one time. I remember that. Uh, I was playing in Indy with Pat. 2014, we played at Jacksonville. I think it was week three. And uh, we scored maybe with like 45 seconds left in the first half. I went straight to the locker room to switch pants for the second half. It was <laughs> brutal they luckily they had the air-conditioned benches which saves my life on those days um yeah that was the one time hey 200 yards rushing 500 yards whatever you just said you read off the stack good for you let's use that as leverage in the next negotiation um the the offense down there last week nothing okay three points 
Now, I guess put up, what, 46 or something like that. It's the first time or second – one of the first times in NFL history that a team has had three points and then had 46 points the next week or whatever. What's the big difference there, aside from A.Q. Shipley? What is the biggest difference? Was it just an off night by everybody, you think, from – since you weren't in the game, you had a chance to kind of look at it from a, a little bit different perspective than going – what is the biggest difference on there? And should we expect this Tampa Bay offense to continue in that direction? Because, boy, if that – with Antonio Brown, a lot of plays they had him go in motion then go back I think we should have ran the ball the opposite direction because you running the fake run into direction kind of brought the linebacker things to talk about with Byron Leftwich. but there's a lot of plays happening with Antonio Brown Gronk's getting more touches it feels like Mike Evans Chris Godwin had 90 plus yards even though it feels like the offense is figuring it out from afar is that how it feels inside the building as well even though you guys only put up three last week yeah I mean I, th- I think as an offense I think we feel really good about the way things have kind of um, been rolling along. It's just, you know, I mean, you you guys have both been in those situations where it's just kind of like the perfect storm and you look up and you're down 21 or you're down 20. You don't know what the hell happened, right? So yeah. I think that was kind of one of those things. And then against the Saints with that scheme, their third down package, you get behind and it's, it's an absolute nightmare for the offensive line. You're sitting there in empty protection. They're teeing off. Cam Jordan's sitting there just licking his, you know, I mean, he's just salivating, just like, okay, I know what they're going to do. Um, <laughs> You know, it's it's just I mean, it's an absolute nightmare situation, and we, we got in that situation last year. We put ourselves in that situation. You got to live with it. You eat it. You move on. But I think that's the outlier. I mean, I think for the most part. Hey, what about the the no or the limited fan capacity and all this stuff? Like, I know this is your first game playing out there with, with the the weird circumstances. Does that change anything? Um, the one nice thing is, you know, when you, when you do play at a place like Carolina that can get rocking or New Orleans that can get rocking or Seattle or, you know, any of those stadiums that can get rocking, you don't have to deal with that crowd noise. You can hear everything. You don't have to ever worry about that. So I think the home field advantage has kind of gone down. But, you know, it is it is super weird. I mean, you have to bring your own juice. You have to bring your own energy. And, and, and it is sport and the NFL, yeah, as you guys know, it's like on any given day, if you don't bring your juice, no matter how good you are, it's like – you got nothing. I mean, you're not going to have anything. And that's kind of, um, you know, what, what can happen on these games. Uh, B.A. said the communication on the offensive line was outstanding yesterday. Uh, do you take that directly as a compliment to yourself? No, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I mean. It's, it's, it's been good all year. It always has. But I don't know kind of where that report came from, but. Um, from his mouth. You know, yesterday we had fun. <laughs> we, had, we, had a, we had a good group. Jensen did a heck of a job at guard. And, um, you know, I filled in. I think we, I think it worked pretty smooth, smooth transition, and yeah, we'll keep this thing rolling. All right. Well, I think that's it, man. Nobody has any questions for you. Oh, Connor has oh, a question. I got one. AQ. Uh, last week, Mr. Tom Brady actually tweeted at Pat. Did he ask you anything about that? And when are you going to help oh. him uh, get on the show? That's a great question, Connor. That is a great question. I saw that tweet. I saw how excited you were about that tweet. What? Dude, I didn't even reply for 24 hours, yeah. bro. Fucking relax, dude. dude. And, then, and, then, and then you came with a book of a tweet. Like, oh, like, hey, Tom, that was really nice. You thank you for sending me the glasses. Hey, I don't want you to <laughs> nice glasses. do one of those guys. It's really the only chance that I get okay. to maybe him see a message. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to take advantage of it, pal. You know what I mean? Well, well you out. seemed you seemed real pumped. I think anybody that read that saw how pumped you were. All right, yeah, come on, he's right. the goat. This guy. All right, I'll put towels on if I have to, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but uh, 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'll ask him about it. I'll no, don't. Thought. The times were too far gone yeah, now at this point. In effect, gone now? Yeah, it's too far gone. In fact, he didn't earlier, by the way. That's, That's, a lot. That's Perfect. fucked up, kind Perfect. of. Perfect. I wasn't planning on asking him about it one bit anyway. Oh, <laughs> come on. Oh, you're you. so cool, dude. You, you are not the representative of the show we want. Yeah, exactly. Don't need it down there. Um, AQ, keep it going, pal. What do you got today? You off? Yeah, we're off for a couple of days. Oh. Nice. You got a bye week? I didn't know that. No, nah, we got Monday night game. Oh, can't sue. Rams. Oh, hey, gonna have to get pressure on golf. Mm -hmm. Tell the boys you don't get pressure on golf. He'll sit back there and play darts, pal, all damn day. Aaron Donald, too. Oh, easy with the Aaron Donald comment, all right? <laughs> oh, hey, he, now we don't know what your status is for Monday night against the Rams or whatever, but if you are playing, uh, there's a guy. Uh, 99 going to be right right yeah. over top of you probably the entire game just some cheese pizza you'll take him down yeah he does like pizza hut pizza he likes the uh no cheese the no cheese the no it. sauce yeah. cheese pizza huh. the, oh. so something to think about you played against him when you were with the cardinals uh why is he just so much different than everybody else in aaron donald i mean he plays at a different speed i mean i think yeah, i think when it's all said and done you're gonna look back and say this guy was the best d lineman ever to play the game right i mean it's just uh really He's, he's super athletic. I mean, you guys see him. I mean, there's games he just – if you don't stop him early and he and he starts feeling himself, it, it can it can become a nightmare real quick. I mean, he can turn it into a three- or four-set game. He's, he's an absolute game wrecker. Um, you know, he's one of the few guys that, you know, plays that position almost like he's a defensive end. He can kind of keep his feet and his hands moving at the same time, whereas, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these bigger guys, it's kind of once they make that initial move, they stomp their feet and he kind of – he keeps it rolling the whole time. Uh, Arizona yesterday had one of the best plays we've ever seen in our entire life. Kyler Murray, you were with him last year, obviously. Now he's in his second year. It feels like he's only getting better. What was it like kind of watching him for the first year when you were over there in Arizona? And did you see the play? And holy hell, what an awesome catch. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, I saw it as soon as I landed last night from Charlotte. And, um, I mean, he's a stud. I told you guys that last year. I mean, yep. he's, he's one of the best talents I've ever seen. And I think I, I think it, I said something along the lines last year where it's like you know once he once he figures this thing out he's only going to just continue to keep getting better and I think you've seen a tremendous improvement from year one to year two. Um, those guys trust him; they love him out there, and he's running the ball a heck of a lot more than he did last year. Which I mean, he's got that threat, so why not? And it's uh, it's been pretty cool to watch. He was in shotgun last year a lot, right? Yeah, a lot of shotgun. I feel yeah, like ninety nine percent of the time. I feel like your shotgun snaps pretty good, dude. Pretty good, pretty good shotgun snaps, man. Thanks, there. Appreciate that. Do you do you go all the way to the butt? Like, what do you? Is it just like a touch thing? You throwing darts out there? Oh, good question. Um, I do. I don't know. I, I I think I just keep my wrist locked, and once my elbow hits it, I let go. That's all I do. Oh. Second second nature at this point. Yeah, smart, ladies and gentlemen. AQ Shipley. Yeah. Oh, 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 don't hang up. Don't hang up. Yeah. Yeah. Big golf fan, you missed the end of uh, the Masters. I did. Yeah, yeah. How was it? Was it a good Sunday? No, Dustin just walked away with the whole <laughs> thing. Uh, Tigers putting up a ten was a pretty, uh, pretty magical moment, obviously for ratings. And yeah, everything. but then he birdied five of the last six, which is pretty incredible. I know, and grit. if he, the, guy, the guys, just, the guys just got a lot of grit, you know. Who, Tiger? Tiger. A lot of grit. You still got your grit chip, pal? I think I got, it. I got it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> You proved that yesterday. I got, I, got, I got a chain link somewhere, I think, right? Oh, yeah. Don't be the weakest link, dude. Don't yeah, be don't yeah, be the no, weakest man. link. Goodbye. Thank you, Shipley. <laughs> See you, dude. 
AJ, imagine just getting dropped into play center after having zero live reps all season. That would be awesome. I'd be so tired. He probably had to think about that all Saturday night. Like, going to be catching some air tomorrow. He's probably on the treadmill Saturday night. Let's get some last-second cardio in here. He had a hell of a game, too. I'm happy for him, man. I'm very happy for him. Did you guys play against each other at uh, Penn State, Ohio State? Yeah, what year did he graduate? Do you know? A, oh, he's a year older than me, I think. Oh, four. So he would have been there. Oh, it was four. the Jopa poop game, right? What's that? That was when you guys played each other? No, I was gone by then. Uh, he was drafted in 09. Yeah, he, oh, 09. So, oh, four. Six, so I, we probably we didn't. I don't think we played. Did he start as a freshman? I think he was a freshman my senior year. I don't think so. By the way, I would like to see you two meatheads fucking throw your foreheads oh. at each other. Oh, yeah. I wish we no. had tape of that. That would have been awesome. Oh. Collision. No, I'm chopping his arms and trying to get by him. I don't want to take his skull. Oh, did you just oh. say he has small arms? I heard you say that. Whoa. That's, kind of been the, Dude. that's been a knock no. on him the entire <laughs> That's kind of what everybody said about him. I didn't say that at all. I said, that's my only chance to survive. I don't want to headbutt that guy. I mean, look at him. He had, but That's his move, too, by the way. He does just go straight to the head or whatever. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's Art. unbelievable. I watched that concussion movie, and I sent him a text and told him I'm worried about him. I was like getting a little bit emotional about the whole thing, too. I was like, hey, every person they talked about, their style of play is literally how you play football. So I'm going to let you know, if anything ever goes sideways, just give me a call. you got a friend of me. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Don't watch concussion. He's like, I'm not. It's fake anyways. I'm like, all right, that's the right way to look at it if I was you. So- uh, joining us now is a man who was in the NFL for nine years, host of the Man to Man podcast, which uh, recently had CJ2K on as a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Yeah! What's going on? What's going on, man? How are you? If you're one of those uh, corners or safeties that got mossed on by DeAndre Hopkins yesterday, do you just charge that one to the game and walk it off and say, hey, we'll get him next week? Or, or what's the what's the immediate thought, you think, while that's I happening? Mean, I mean, you feel, you're feeling pretty shitty. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm not going to lie. It's three, it's three on one, and you've seen us in practice. You know, that's, that's one of those plays that, unfortunately, you never get a live rep in practice. You just kind of walk through it on a Saturday. All right, you're supposed to be here. You're supposed to be here. And then when you're the first time you get it live, you know, it's three on one. But that one person is a is a damn mutant. And the guy throwing the ball is as well. So um, that's tough, man. That was tough. Guys were in position, but he just, you know, he just made the better play, man. Got to, got, I guess you got to charge it to the game. I wanted to ask you, because there's roles for everybody there. And I've yep. seen the walkthrough. Now, granted, it is never a live rep, but they always go through it. Okay, you're the bat guy. You're the box out guy. You're this guy. Did they have all their roles? Did they execute what they were supposed to execute? Or was there any missed assignments there on the back end that McDermott will go through? And you, you shouldn't have even been here. Why are you? <laughs> <laughs> Will there be any of that? And uh, have you seen any? I watch every time I've watched that replay back. Every time it looks like DeAndre knew he was going to catch it every single like yeah. like every single time he knew he had like there wasn't even a question there was anybody it was just a better play by I he said which is awesome uh, <laughs> but it did feel like he knew it was going to happen and that's just tough tough stuff. Yeah, man, college just throw it up. That's what you do. You throw it up to your guys. You've seen on, on um, even on defense, you know, usually you'll put a guy, your best pass catcher, wherever your best high point guy is. In New England, we used to put Randy Moss back there. I see Detroit, they would put Calvin or Gronk in New England. We had Kobe Fleener back there against the Falcons one one time. Maybe they should have done that if you're the Bills. I don't know if they even have a guy who can do that. Joshua. But he just went up there and got it, man. That that's I mean, that's one of those plays you can't those guys, they look like they were in position. D-Hop got a little push-off, but uh, he oh. really went up and hop-pointed, oh, I mean, over everybody. I remember, I think, Rodgers 
uh, threw one to Rodgers. He went up there and got it over a bunch of guys in, in Green Bay some years ago. But that was that was nuts, man. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, that is just tough. That is. That's tough. That's a tough way to lose a ball game. Man. Especially after what happens with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Hell of a play down there. Hell of a play down there. Stephon Diggs, helmet off. People screaming, that's what you came here for. <laughs> there was an entire celebration. I mean, 20-some seconds left. you got to be on top of the world there. Look what we just yep. did. Oh, my God. Josh Allen's back in the mm -hmm. MVP conversation. Here we go. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the alien. DeAndre Hopkins makes a hell of a play and gives an amazing interview to af afterwards, uh, just basically saying, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I just said, dunked. I just got boys got dunked. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, hey, shit, shit happens quick, man. You go from sugar to shit real quick. <laughs> That's exactly what happened yesterday. Uh, any other big takeaways from yesterday's games that you saw? It seemed like the weather uh, came into play in a couple places. What does that do for a DB, especially if you know that nobody's going to throw? And what are some other thoughts you had on yesterday's uh, Week Ten games?" Yeah, I mean that Sunday night game. I had um, I had the Patriots covering the spread, but I didn't think they would win the game. Uh, Bill Belichick hit that good weather switch in Foxborough and uh, oh, made it happen. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, both both teams, you know, running quarterbacks, running offenses. So when it's nasty outside, you know, that's what you expect. You expect more of it. Uh, Baltimore, they got to do something about those snapping issues that they're having too. But um, they came out and executed. That was another big takeaway uh, from yesterday. And Dolphins, man, Tua. Tua came out handed. Oh, I see you're you wearing that. See, uh, as yeah. you can see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, there's, there's not a bandwagon with Pat. It's not. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, oh, a, I'm no. a Dolphin fan since 86. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't hop off. Stay <laughs> on, pal. Oh, no. I'm on, man. We've been looking for a quarterback since Marino, man. So, <laughs> so we're, you, we're hyped right now. Why don't you just go read all the talking points of Dolphins fans before you got on here? Is that what you did right there? Come on, man. You, you know where I'm from, man. We've been waiting, man. We, we had Jay Fielder, Chad Pennington. Who else we done had? I mean, we had all kind of guys that passed on Drew Brees. We kind of been cursed since then. So uh, we finally got to him, man. Threw him in there. He's 3-0 right now. He's very good. He's uh, He has five passing touchdowns and zero interceptions in his first three starts. And let's go into a deep dive stat. That is tied for the third most passing TDs in a QB's first three starts without throwing an interception since 1950. Wow. Ooh. Shout out to cool. The stat nerds that found that one. That is a deep pull. Uh, that is a deep pull there. Tua looks very good, by the way. Decision making, toughness. He looks quicker than I than he did in Alabama in my eyes. I think he's potential legit, like real deal. And I assume as a lifelong Dolphins fan, you're viewing it the exact same way. Exact same way. Um, you know, Brian Flores is looking more and more like a genius every week. Um, that first that first start was shaky, but the other phase of the game played so well. He didn't really need to do much, and now these last couple games, especially the last game when he had to um, go down and make some big drives, kind of going back and forth with Kyler Murray, when your guy came up short on a 49-yard field goal. Yeah, Zane. But um, that, that move he put on Baker on that scramble, <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, he's ready. But um, I, like, I like him, man. The sky's the limit for that kid. I don't know, Zane, okay? He is a kicker, so I will go to bat for him. But when you yeah. come up short for 49 at the second-highest altitude in the NFL, that's, that's a tough thing to <laughs> – that's tough to defend. Tough, especially for you, that's tough. Yeah, because I'm, you know, yeah, big swinging. Yeah, always miss right or left, which I did, <laughs> by the way. I never, ever miss in short. Just want to let you know that I'd rather hit a foul ball than get pop fly out to the outfield. Um, Kickers when, came up big yesterday, though. Kickers came up big yesterday. 61-yarder. Shout out uh, Myers in Seattle. I think that's a franchise record. 59-yard yep. game winner from Matt Prater. A 54, 55, and 58-yarder from Buffalo's big ball bass. Now, granted, that means nothing because DeAndre Hopkins made a play. 50-yarder yep. in one place, 51-yarder in another place. There was a lot of big, big kicks, a lot of wind. 
Windy games, too. Uh, you need to have a good kicker. To be honest, if you have a bad kicker, you're screwed. It's real. You're absolutely screwed. Uh, tonight, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings. Bears are getting three and a half points at home. Dalvin Cook has rushed for 600 yards in the last week and a half. Uh, how do you see this one going, D-Butt? Man, I, I see first, I, I'm, I'm going to take the Bears to definitely cover that. Um, to okay. definitely cover, but the, the Vikings, man, that Dalvin Cook, it, start, it starts and ends with him, man. You got to start. That's going to be priority number one for that Bears defense. I think they have the personnel to slow him down, not necessarily mm-hmm. stop him. Got mm-hmm. the big guys up front to slow him down in the run game. And then you got some linebackers who can uh, cover him out of the backfield. Because he affects, you know, both phases of the game. So um, I think the Bears do that. It's just going to be on their offense uh, like it is every week. Can they score? I mean, just give them 21, 24 points. And I think if they do, the Bears should be in good shape. Um, let's talk about Dalvin Cook. Whenever you're playing against a team that is obviously going to run the ball, right? And yep. it feels like they're going to do that. Whenever you're a corner or a safety, how do you know that without giving up a double move or a like a, a kind of some fuckery? Do you just have to act like every play is a pass play and then know that a run's coming? Or how do you balance the gamble of whenever you crash into the box or you stay out with your guy? Yeah, you just you just got to play it honest, man, because you know um, more than likely that extra safety is going to be in the box to try to stop uh, 33. And, um, you know, the Vikings got some good receivers. Thielen will be back out there. Obviously, the uh, rookie, Justin Jefferson. Uh, Irv Smith will be out. Was a good receiving tight end. But I like the corners, man. Bears got some good corners. Kyle Fuller, Jalen Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, one of those uh, fantastic rookies so far. So they got the personnel, man, who can hold their own on the outside. It's really it's always going to come down to stopping that run. And uh, when you when you when you put in eight, sometimes probably nine in the box, you know, you're out there on that corner one on one. So you got to hold your own. Chuck Pagano's defense is one that favors this type of game or no? Yeah, I, th- I mean, this, when Chuck is calling the defense, yeah, that's this is what he does. Um, it's, I, w- I would much rather have to, um, you know, put guys in the box and stop a running offense, you know, run first offense, then a pass first offense. So you got two or three weapons who can kill you and a quarterback that can get it to all of them um, consistently. So um, I will put I will if I'm the D coordinator, I want to put the game in Kirk Cousins hands to win it. If I'm, the D, you know, D coordinator for the Bears and obviously the same thing on the other side of the ball with uh, Nick Foles, at quarterback. So um, you put the game in Kirk Cousins hands to win it. If he beats you, it beats you. But we damn sure can't let 33 beat us. OK, so let's talk about whenever you just crowd the box and then you leave the corners out on an island if the corners get beat i assume that corners are going to get buried publicly like uh it's like well the corners if they just would have done their jobs we would have been able to stop them or whatever it's kind of like the i'll kick your coverage thing that the bullshit stuff that they do against punters i want to let you know i'm not happy about what's going on with dbs i saw i saw you had enough of that shit i'm fucking (laughs) done with it i am done guys running stack come on man can't do it Come on. Won't do it. Lane, lane integrity. Just a little bit. D, but I, I was so mad because we're at the point now where I think we know more about football, okay, than we ever have in the past. And these commentators somehow are getting dumber. I, it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me, D, but I just absolutely hate it. I agree. You know I agree. I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't call them dumb. But it's just, it's just we. You, you hear the same things just regurgitated over and over again. Like you said, it's too much, too much education out there, man, to learn the game, man. Come on, follow Pat, follow everything, DB. Yeah. You had, you had uh, keep to leave in the booth, which I thought was fantastic. He wasn't like you know by the book, but I, I loved it. Watching, listening to him, giving you different situations. Uh, I loved to leave in the booth. I wish you were in the booth for that for that game winner though. But um, yeah, you got, you got to educate yourself when you get in that booth, man. I'll kick your coverage. That's 
incredibly lazy, as you said. It is. It's just a very lazy thing to do. And that's why, by the way, anytime you put out a breakdown of a coverage or anything, I like to watch it because I like to be a smarter person. I appreciate you for that. I appreciate the Man to Man podcast. And we appreciate your time here. You're taking the Bears plus three and a half tonight, huh? Taking the Bears plus three and a half. And I'm going to say Kirk Cousins is going to hit that over. I think it's 223. He's going to be forced to throw that ball. Got to force the Thielen to Jefferson. So I, I still think he hits the over, but I don't think he wins the game. Hey, wow! by the way, I saw yesterday uh, you picked against the spread for the first time. First Congra- time. Congratulations. You're becoming a degenerate now. It's welcome to the world. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. I mean, get- you got to do it, man. You yeah. got to do it. And now, by the way, you're going to judge people that only pick games, wins, or losses like we all did to you. But. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> you, hey, but that, speaking of that, that, that Cleveland-Houston game, oh. that, that spread, see, that, that's just a different level of stress, man. Nick yes. Chubb, I understand what you're doing football-wise, but, woo. <laughs> Cost a lot of people a lot of money yesterday. Hey, But on the, on the flip side, though, you know, anybody hammered the Texans, they that's won. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. Good. I was happy. Yeah, so he okay, so there we go. He took the Texans, uh, killed a lot of other people, and then Cliff Kingsbury kneeling on the two point conversion. Like that is incredibly smart football. The only way you lose that game is you get a kick blocked or whatever. But Cliff and Kingsbury, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury didn't have a single thought about all the people that bet on the Cardinals. What's <laughs> yeah, that all about? Come on, come on. Come on. you got to buy the hook. You got to buy the half. Oh, look at you. hey, wow, hey. ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Yeah. Joining us is a man who is a college football champion and a Super Bowl champion, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. AJ Hawk. Yeah! Hey, boy, AJ, how you doing? What was your big takeaway from yesterday? DeAndre Hopkins is insane at football. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, uh, it's amazing. I think the catch was so good, it almost overshadows the throw. Kyler's running to his left, falling out of bounds, and he's able to make that throw. There's very few people on the earth that can make that throw right now. Yeah, he flipped his hips, you know, and, and somebody on Get Up this morning said, like, a second baseman, you know, because he's got to get the baseball tie-in with Kyler, obviously, and a little flick of the wrist, and it wasn't a perfect spiral. So to have the ability to drop that thing basically into a bucket is awesome. Uh, not a lot of talk about Kyler on that play because one man going up in between three people and snagging it with the Jumpman logo on his hand, Ooh. by the way, is just – that's a beautiful moment, and Houston Texans fans have to be absolutely furious about it. AJ, um, did you watch the Masters this weekend at all? Did you get a chance to go ahead and see the golf down there in Augusta? Yeah, I did. I watched a good amount of it, and then I know uh, Dustin kind of ran away with it. And a lot of guys that, I guess, not the not the typical gigantic names were surrounding him on that back nine trying to, to challenge. Yeah, imagine if you're just about to win. Fuck. <laughs> that would have been cool if I could have just kept going there. I did that on game day. It was not planned, by the way. That was not a planned move on game day. I just saw a golf ball while I was holding it. And I tend to get bored, you know, and I only got like a minute and a half on there or whatever. I'm like, yep, fucking let's do it. Have not juggled a golf ball probably months at this point. <laughs> bang, bang. I get hot on there. I'm like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> like in my head, I'm so pumped. And I'm like, do I try to talk while doing it? Uh, I was like, 
you know, I kind of pulled the, the plug on that because I thought I would drop it. And it uh, turns out I was right. Should not. <laughs> it turns out I, was, I made Your the right move. decision of catching it instead. Yeah, Dustin Johnson, he's up like five with the last two holes. Basically, just walking fairways and in the tee boxes, knowing you're about to win the Masters. That all might that might be even worse than thinking you have to go for it. I, mm-hmm. Good for Dustin and his brother. They were crying out there. I mean, it was uh, that's a cool thing for him. Obviously, and Tiger puts the jacket on the guy. Well, imagine how tough it would be if you're leading the Masters, going to bed on Saturday night, and then normally you start later. Normally, if you're the leader, you're teeing off like at 145. This obviously was earlier because it's later in the year and it gets dark. But can you imagine walking into the final round when? There's nobody left in the driving range, and you have the lead at the Masters. Like, okay, i got to find a way to play 18 holes and, and not just – I don't know. I just feel like staying over every single shot. You'd be like, man, let's just not mess this one up. Yeah, that's what I was – yesterday I thought that a little bit while watching. And I watched it more than I thought I would, by the way, on Saturday. I watched it oh, a yeah. lot more than I thought I was going to. I'll be excited to see what the rating was because I would assume a lot more people were watching than expected. I thought the number was going to drop immensely because of college football and football. I assume it did go down, but not as much because, and that's strictly off of my own research because I was watching it a lot more than I thought. But I I don't want to ever say that being a professional golfer looks like, you know, a hard job because you're golfing for a living. So fucking get over it, you know, is the immediate follow there. But the, the mentally exhausting it has to be just mentally Brutal. every shot. Like you just said there about DJ, where you're like every single time you line up over the ball, the amount of conversations that could be going on in between your ears that could cost you $2.5 million or whatever. Like now granted you get to win $2.5 million. So I'm not saying it's anywhere near like a tough job, but I'm just saying the mental toughness it takes to be a good golfer uh, is probably one that doesn't get talked about enough because what you're off an, a 16th of an inch. It's fucking a 10 coming. Mm-hmm. I think you got yeah. a 10 coming and you're out of it completely and you embarrass your whole family. Well, with DJ too, like, I mean, he's won a couple now, but his reputation kind of always has been that like he chokes. Otherwise he would have won a bunch more majors. Like Spieth chokes a couple years ago in the masters. He's really never been the same since. It's hard. And people always say like, uh, he choked and they like throw it at people or whatever, you know? And by the way, I mean, people talk about me missing two kicks against, uh, University of Pittsburgh or whatever that was in the first quarter so like I probably didn't take it serious enough I should have got in there but there's been moments where I fucked up where there's massive, massive pressure but then there's been moments where there's massive pressure where I've come through so it's like the whole choke thing people are like oh it's a choke gene or whatever it's like well maybe just maybe one time uh, a thought came into your head right before and it was like ah and you just change a little bit and it's like you're over it's like well now you're the worst player in history that's a choke job it's like oh that's a little bit it's a little bit tough for us to throw that on a guy especially in golf because I do remember when Jordan Spieth did show yeah, and it all kind of changed things and in mm-hmm. golf I mean think about putting yeah if you just accidentally hit it too far that thing's off the you got there's three more strokes you're getting mm-hmm. ready. I mean it's just a constant game in between the years so congrats to Dustin Johnson getting the job done and celebrating in beautiful fashion with tears that was a beautiful little moment there he's crying all over the place he liked to have a good time back in the day right oh yeah oh, still does I like that Still does? No, I assume so. I believe he went to Coastal Carolina. So. Oh, <laughs> the Mullet Mafia. Mm-hmm. They have the a great time down there in Dirty Myrtle, I'd assume. Um, what games did you watch yesterday, AJ? What caught your eye? The Green Bay Packers couldn't bury the Jags, but they got a win, so who cares? Yeah, they got a win. I mean, I, I'm sure Ty was a little bit worried uh, early on in the game throughout that you, you were wanting them to put him away, I'm guessing. Is that right, Ty? Yeah, we all bet on him, so that's why right, we wanted for them sure. to put him away. But it never really th- I never really felt like they were actually going to lose that game. It was one of those games, yeah, where you felt like, okay, all right, 
this looks like it was much closer than it was, even though I guess it was close, and Jacksonville absolutely had a chance to win. But, yeah, it, it never really seemed like Jacksonville was going to pull it off. That was, that was something I talked about that game earlier. If you didn't watch that game, you probably thought that game was a lot closer than actually. Green Bay was winning that game pretty handily mm-hmm. there for a long time. And then, by the way, you give up a kick return, that is yeah. immediately back into it, right? I mean, there, there's a lot of things that could happen there. Uh, yesterday, Steelers continue uh, to be undefeated and just absolutely slaughtering the Cincinnati Bengals. As a former Cincinnati Bengal uh, yourself who played – in a very, one of the most contentious Bengals Steelers games in history, which is that playoff game where a fight happened and a 15 yarder and they lost. What were your thoughts on that game yesterday, Age? Well, I mean, I think the Steelers defense is just too good. They really are. The Bengals, Joe Burrow tried. I mean, it, what T. Higgins, at least the Bengals know they have something in him. Like, and he, as a receiver moving forward, like they, he and Joe Burrow should be a great combination. But yeah, I mean, they were just overmatched, I feel like. What are you supposed to do against those guys when Ben is playing well? Like, yeah, Pittsburgh just looks good. They look like the the Pittsburgh that we're used to. A uh, fun fact, the last time the Bengals beat the Steelers was in 2015 when A.J. was on the team. Oh, A.J. Are you the Steeler killer? <laughs> I don't know if that was our, at home or in Pittsburgh. I think when we went to Pittsburgh, I think um, Le'Veon tore his ACL in that game. All right, well, rest in peace to his ACL for Jeez. sure. I mean... You he's guys also, yeah, yeah, he's just, he's going to win, potentially win Super Bowl here in the next mm-hmm. couple of years. Most Good likely. for him. Uh, um, T.J. Watts said after the game that we want to make sure rookie quarterbacks in the AFC North know what they're getting when they come to Pittsburgh. What a hilarious mindset, but a very real mindset. And there's not a lot of teams that act like that anymore. I kind of like how gritty and how much swag that Pittsburgh Steelers defense has. Yeah, they, they're. You, you look at Tomlin. It's a direct, like, because the culture Tomlin has created. And also, I feel like TJ is, is almost channeling the old school Steelers defense. He's channeling like a Kevin Green type guy, Greg Lloyd, all those guys that were absolute monsters on their defense. Like, that's what, that's like what the standard is in Pittsburgh. And these guys are living up to it. I like that you're allowed in Pittsburgh. Like, if you're a defense, like, now you go ahead and you go ahead and flex that a little bit, boys. Mm-hmm. That's what we're about here. Okay, we fly around. We hurt quarterbacks. That's that's what we hit quarterbacks around here. That's what we do. And uh, the offense on the other side, very good. I mean, they, a lot of passes yesterday mm-hmm. got them up three scores. I guess they should have ran the ball better. Some people were saying, but the the fact that the offense seems to be coming together and the defense is unbelievable, you have to automatically assume. Steelers are in the driver's seat right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, will the Steelers be able to stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Feels like if any defense could, it would be them. But as a Steelers fan, Diggs, you got to be counting your eggs right now. We got another Super Bowl on our hands. Is that what you're saying, Diggs? It feels great. I, I heard am. you saying yeah. it. Oh, oh, I heard you You're like, hey, we I would never say that. Seven. Seven. I would, oh, yeah, I would never, it. ever say that. Stairway to seven. Never say that. I don't want to jinx them. But it is slightly concerning. Uh, they haven't ran for more than 50 yards in the last three games. It's slightly concerning. Yeah, especially when you're told the entire game that if they don't, they won't win a game. True. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. very interesting. Yeah, Vilma did stink calling that game. Whoa. Come on. Dude. Come on. Tony. Well, Tony. Tony. Yeah, it's a tough job. How many games have you called? How many games have you done, Diggs? Oh, oh God. Oh, shit. AJ, I would, AJ I would, yeah, I would stink, too. I didn't say that. Yeah, but Diggs isn't being handed jobs. I stink at a lot of things. <laughs> Diggs, the, um, the thing about it is I opened the show with um, – with a, a thing about commentators. And I'm not saying it was about Vilma or anybody else. We have friends in the booth, but it seems like there is just a 
suck fest happening and commentating right now in the NFL that needs to stop. And if I don't say something, am I really doing my job? You know, like that. Is, I feel like that has to be something that is said because as people who have been in the NFL, you and I, our league deserves better than what is being presented by a lot. Of, now, I'm not saying all. There are some legendary. There's some really good. There's some up-and-coming commentators. But there's some commentators out there, AJ, that are somehow seem like they've never been around football before with some of the things they say. And it's like, how is this person the voice of the sport in the league that we all love so much? One of the voices. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I think you're what you're you're doing your job you're probably speaking for a lot of people oh, mm -hmm. yeah do most people though I, I know we do but do most people pay that much attention to the commentators uh i think so that's kind of the thing right i think i've never really i don't know i i think when i retired and i started watching games i never really paid attention to the commentators and still I, until i started watching and then i realized how stupid they all were when it came to special team stuff and i'm like all right i'm gonna start doing this on the internet then if nobody else will be explaining it. and i it made me realize quickly like why nobody had a clue what i was doing was pretty good at football i was like oh the people calling games are just absolute stooges so then you you know i pay attention probably to it more i'd assume you do as well because you know what's going on out there but i think a large majority of people are starting to listen or mute the game which is mm -hmm. even more problematic but i don't know if the goal of a commentator should be that they don't even realize you're there you know like a lot of people are, are like well the commentator uh it shouldn't even know that you're there i'm like maybe but don't you feel like as a commentator people are watching the game with you like it's your watch party basically with everybody should you not be uh, insightful from your thing shouldn't you be putting people over shouldn't you be putting the game over putting the league over as opposed to maybe telling uh, incredibly long, out-of-place stories about yourself and stuff like that. Like, I just think there's, I don't know. I just think there's a way to do it. Now, it is very hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy. I was not great at it, okay? I, I, I will say that. But there has to be people out there that are. And I think that is what a large majority of people are saying. Like, we have to find better people because we spend 10 hours with these yes. people every yeah. single Sunday. It's like, can you make our watches a little bit more enjoyable for everybody here? Well, when, when commentators, especially the, the color commentator, when they start talking about themselves or saying, oh, what I would have done or what I did, like you could do that maybe once a game. But people want to know like the knowledge that you have in your brain from your time playing on the field. They don't want you to relate every single play back to a play that you had when you were playing or something or teammates. Like You can sprinkle it in, but I just think, yeah, it's, it does happen where guys – will just continue to bring it back to themselves. Oh, man. And it's like, who told you, like, you were this important, pal? Like, <laughs> who told you you need better friends? Hey, but it is hard because, you know, Pat, there's execs all over, and they're like, Dude, we want to hear you. You're the football player. You have – they use the whole line you've said. Like, I've forgotten more football knowledge than, than you'll ever know, than whatever. What's the stupid cliche that you've used? Yeah, yeah. That, that, well, take it easy. But the uh, It's about Michael Lombardi, by hey, the way. It's not a cliche. It's real. That guy's <laughs> forgotten more football than I've ever learned. But – the thing, the thing about it is, and I've taken a lot more ownership over this because it's real. Like, um, like I feel like because we have a pretty big platform, we talk a lot of NFL, and we're probably the biggest NFL daily show that happens. Uh, I mean, Good Morning Football is on, obviously, NFL Network and seen by a lot of people. But if you look at the Internet, like, our NFL shit is the biggest on the Internet. So it's like, I feel an obligation. And I played in the league for a long time. You played in the league for a long time. I feel like it's like, we should take a little ownership of this league and start saying, like, hey, this we should do this to make it better. Like, this could be better. And I think one of the things they should potentially focus on is, some of the, not all, but some of the people speaking over games uh, should not be speaking on games. Like, I think they should maybe start, I don't know, 
peewee football, baby. See if they can get up to high school, then see if they should get into college. Then maybe give them a chance at like a, a preseason game or two, and then maybe see if they make it to the league because that's a big role. You're, you're teaching people the sport. You're teaching people the league. It's like, yeah. that's a pretty important thing. And for instance, the, special, the lack of special team shit, like at this point, I'm like, okay, I get it. You guys just don't care. But there's so many things that you could teach people who love the game. Like, they're... I mean, I've made an entire following on teaching people about special teams because it was a, a part of the game for so long that stuck. It's just, I feel like they're lazy, and I feel like it's yeah. bullshit. If you don't hold these commentators to a higher standard, how the hell are they ever going to get better? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, too, 25,000 people in this chat, they do not like Vilma. Whoa, 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 whoa. I would never say See, that. I don't want us to do that. No, no, I'm okay? just saying. That's how it's I don't want us to, to put out names, okay? Because I know it's a hard job, right? Yeah, I, know it is a, I know it's a hard job. So some of these people are just getting dropped into a job that is very difficult and maybe they weren't cut out for. This is almost more of a shot of, like, the executives hiring these people. Like, yo, mm-hmm. y'all suck at what you do. Figure it out. It's yeah. been a while. One time. Get Booger back in there. Hey, to be honest, if I'm Booger, I'm watching some of these games, I'm like, I did not get a fair shake. I, I did not get a fair <laughs> shake by people if I'm Booger. What do you guys Commentators think? can inherently either make the game better or worse. Easy. You know, like the play, obviously, but like, you know, you'd prefer not to watch a game muted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? It's the truth. Let's go to Dom in Arizona. What's going on, Dom? Hey, Pat and boys. How's it going? And AJ? Not too shabby. What do you want to talk about, Bob? Well, first, Pat, I got to say, thank you guys for, you know, always during all this time putting on a great show and, and educating me. They're not and, always you know, great. All the special teams and everything else. The shows, shows aren't always great. Shows are <laughs> Devin oh, Booker okay. did not deserve that this morning. You should know who he is. Uh, you should know who Devin Booker is. You should he know. I did. I did know who he was. I did know who he was. The guy that's just shooting you, the flames down. down. Yeah. yeah, I know the guy. Well, Devin Booker and the Suns, you got to know that name and you got to remember that name from now on because they're coming, baby. They are coming. What? Oh, is he a drop in a bucket? Okay, this guy had a cup of coffee in the bubble and all of a sudden I'm supposed to talk like he's fucking Michael Jordan? Get out of here, pal. (laughs) He ain't Mike. I'm just saying check the tape, Pat. Oh, the tape. It's a short roll. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, was he, trying to, was he trying to make a joke there like he said oh they're coming baby was he talking about all of them isn't the sons who got sucked up by that one girl who went public dude <laughs> good god i love that was it a different team no you're right yeah, that's a good that point on. oh yeah i think he was trolling you pat i think you're right <laughs> it's time to get into a segment whoa okay yeah we're Come doing on. a segment uh, and I don't want to overreact, but we are becoming a big segment show. Yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Hashtag Pat. I don't want to overreact, but... <laughs> sound. Maybe change the sound. <laughs> Static, uh, though. I think that, that probably played I think my well. series just went out. <laughs> yeah, I think it just blew my ears out. <laughs> crowd goes wild. I get it, because it's a big segment. Uh, crowd uh, goes wild, uh, obviously. Uh, and the crowd is going wild because they're overreacting but i mean maybe make it a little bit more user friendly for the next one you know i feel like everybody that's potentially <laughs> listening to this show said all right done with this fucking show not only because the idiot speaking into microphones but now they're just blaring white noise <laughs> into my house in my car or my office uh so thanks for sticking with us we're a big segment show and hashtag pat i don't want to overreact but was uh the number five trend in the united states this morning moments Ooh. after launching in here so thank, thank you. you to everybody uh that got involved with this and i think this is the best thing to do by the 
way. Immediately upon your team performing in a certain fashion, you might as well go ahead and lose your mind about it. And that's what this show is all about. Uh, let's get to our first one here. Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact. It comes from Cameron Bortolazzo at the Cam Bort. Uh, Tampa Bay offense with AQ Shipley at center is unbeatable. Amen. Hey, Amen. Yeah. He's told no lies Woo. there. There was a moment where AQ uh, had a false start or something like that, and Tom Brady, you see him mouthing AQ something. There was a, quite a little give and take there publicly. Uh, and I did see AQ had the two towels on. Mm-hmm. By the way, the, the classic uh, Tom Brady move, which oh, yeah. I would assume is every other quarterback's dream to happen because you're sticking your hand in there or whatever. Hopefully we'll learn a little bit about AQ, Tom, that offense, how AQ felt, how those towels were in between there. And also, AQ wasn't on their team during training camp. So that was legitimately the first real reps that AQ has got. He had to be dead tired early. He won't tell us, right? He'll play it off. But there had to be a moment in the first couple series where he was like, got to get in game shape quick. Because he hasn't had to play. Mm -hmm. He hasn't gotten to play, like, at all. He had that fullback rep. Mm -hmm. And maybe in practice you get some. But when you get dropped into a game, a little bit different animal, they're unbeatable with him. Great overreaction by our guy Cam Bort. Thanks for participating. Next one, Evan Foxy from Dr. Cubano89, Michael Gonzalez. Hashtag Pat, I don't over react but the Cardinals trade for D-Hop might be the best finesse move of all time. Amen. Zito, you gotta love that. Not only because Dr. Cubano here, but also finessing people is your thing. That is literally what you do at all time. I love Cubans. I love finessing. What the card... You do love finessing. Uh I mean, he got... This morning, he tried to talk a DoorDash driver out of erasing the tip from the app because he didn't think he deserved it. Zito will always try to work angles in things. The other day, we got something delivered here, and uh, it was supposed to come last week, and then it didn't come until this morning or whatever. Zito called the executives in charge of the company and said he wanted a full refund on the $250, which he actually only paid $100 for. <laughs> he wants a refund on the shit. We got a credit, baby. That is what Zito – and by the way – that's what the Cardinals did to the Texans. Hell yeah. Zito told you? What's that? That's what Zito told you happened? Oh, he's probably looking for $400 in this entire thing. Okay. No, there was another piece of that story. I just wanted to make sure you got the full story. No, no, that never happens here, by the way. I don't get the full story. And it's <laughs> kind of, it's probably smart. Not with Zito, no. No, uh, no the initial de- delivery could not be cl- completed on time because Zito told them he broke his leg and was on crutches, <laughs> could not receive the order. No, no, that was because they wanted us to take it off the truck they wanted, Yeah, they wanted us to unload. It was a pretty large thing that we yeah. ordered here. Yeah. And the way Zito sold this is they, they wanted me to unload the truck for them. <laughs> yeah. What am I paying for? So I told them I, w- I had a broken leg and I was on crutches. <laughs> And I was like, smart. Like yeah. that's that's gonna teach them. Oh yeah. Uh, it turns out they were like, no, no, you literally have to fucking get this off the truck. <laughs> yeah, and if you have a broken leg, we can't go. Did you have to call back and say that I didn't break my leg and that's why they brought it? No, I was limping. Okay, smart. You battled through. You're now in their eyes. You're, basically got. you're like a super tough guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Smart. Yeah. Anyways, good finesse by the Cardinals there to get uh, DeAndre Hopkins and everybody on earth said it immediately upon it happening. It wasn't like the Patrick Mahomes deal with Kansas City where he got a half a billion dollars to play football. And people were like, bad deal for Pat. Bad deal for Patrick Mahomes here. If he would have waited this out a year or two, he could have got maybe maybe $550 million or mm-hmm. 600 
hundred million. It's like a half a billion fucking dollars is a bad deal. I'd like to see where you grew up at. That a yeah. half a billion dollars is a bad deal that ends up helping the team. But there's always that. Every single move that's made, you're like, well, actually, it's a good move because blah blah blah. Jordan Love got drafted to the Packers in the first round. Uh, Green Bay Packers trade up to do it. There was people that were like, this is smart. This is thinking ahead. This is this. And everybody else was like, that's nah, a bad deal. Every move, it feels like there's always a balance where people are like, good move, bad move. The DeAndre Hopkins one, there wasn't a single person, I don't think, that was like, good move. No. Smart. Good, smart. Good move. Get him out of there. For what, a bag of balls? A washer and dryer? Fucking get him out of town, <laughs> Bill. Deshaun Watson watching that must have been, what, breaking every single TV in his house? I would assume oh. that Deshaun Watson probably was super pumped oh, yeah. for DeAndre, mm-hmm. but then immediately afterwards was like, it could have been us. <laughs> it should have been us. We ran that coach out of town too fucking late. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Next one, Foxy, please. Uh, from Joel Ely. Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but I'm convinced Matt Patricia uses half of the game to interview for other coaching positions and the other half of the game to make sure he gets fired. <laughs> Hashtag the D needs be enemy. Ooh. Foxy, what do you think Joel meant? And when I read that, it made me laugh. So I was like, we definitely have to talk about this. It feels like there's portions of the game where Lions fans yeah. think Matt Patricia's the dumbest coach of all time. Yep. And then there's moments where people are like, oh, that's a smart move. That's a smart move there. Is that what Joel meant? And is this exactly how you feel? This isn't an act overreaction this entire time i thought it was just the calvin johnson curse and i think you would agree with me but i think joel figured it out he's just coach or interviewing for other coaching gigs because he doesn't want to be in detroit this whole time yeah it's like rob gronkowski saying you're going to trade me to the lions i'll retire by the way yeah. rob gronkowski's back yeah. uh, <laughs> i don't know why he's not spiking the ball we should look into that should have asked Schefter. uh that is interesting. he's tossing it to other people to do mm-hmm. the spike yeah. which i respect maybe he's over the spike by the way he could be maybe so he's, many times. he's mature maybe Maybe. All these things. I don't know. But um, the thought of the Detroit Lions watching their coach, their fans watch their coach, and he makes this absolutely terrible decisions, which led a team back in it that was down like 21 nothing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this fucking guy. Like, how, how can we be this and then be this? And then on the other side, uh, uh, also making play calls that are like incredibly intelligent. It's like, well, how can this guy also make this decision and then make all these decisions? It makes sense if he's both trying to lose right. and get another gig somewhere else so he doesn't have to be in Detroit. That's a great way to kind of look at this whole thing. I mean, it's wild to bring in a guy that's supposed to be a defensive guru and he can't even stop Delvin Cook from running for less than 200 yards right, when the week before <laughs> he just ran for 200 yards against the Packers too. Right. I mean, there's a lot of other things. Dalvin Cook is unbelievable. One thing we are forgetting, though, he does have the best fourth quarter play of all time. Mm -hmm. And the Lions, three out of the four wins, last second wins. See? Look at that. That's what he does. That's what he does. Uh, Calvin Johnson did an interview with somebody, though, and there were some quotes coming out that was Detroit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't know. I think I learned you guys made him pay money back. It wasn't just like you didn't pay him. You were like, also, we're going to need that money that we gave you. Yeah, because he got the bonus when he signed the contract. And then they're like, well, you didn't fulfill your contract. Give us the money back. Yeah. That's That's wild. That's horrible. That's tough, dude. All right, last one here. Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact. But uh, Russell Wilson is still MVP frontrunner. And if you say other sucker mom says Deion Taylor at Deion Taylor. Hey, this guy, by the way, (laughs) one of the most active Seahawks fans I've seen on my timeline. Okay, He is one of the ones who is, hey, stop not talking about Russell Wilson. He deserves it. The Seattle Seahawks deserve it. I love this guy, DT. He's a diehard Seahawks fan. Hate to break it to you, though, pal. 
Russell Wilson got zero MVP votes all the way uh, leading into this year. Seems like he's probably going to get none this year. <laughs> yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. I mean, he's not. He's not the front runner. And he prob- again, he probably won't get any votes this year. But you know what? Uh, I feel for this guy. DT? I really do. Because guess what? I've been feeling like this for uh, with Rodgers for years and years. The only difference is, you know, Rodgers is out there turning it over four times a game. Ooh. Yeah, well, see, that's not what Aaron Rodgers does. Yeah. And it's very interesting uh, to think how this goes because – we love Russell Wilson here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Love watching him play. Incredible football player. Mm-hmm. Amazing baseball player. Bingo. Hell of a Yankee. Maybe even better. Love that he's goddamn Yankee, too. I mean, those things you add in there. Plus, what he does off the field, he always seems to be the same guy. But whenever you're talking MVP, you're talking guy guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And listen, Aaron had that off day against uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. And yesterday he threw his third pick or whatever uh, of the year, not just in one game, uh, because a guy I think disguised the coverage pretty well. Can't wait to ask him about that, by the way, because he genuinely looked like, well, how'd that happen? I'm wondering if we'll get the story out of this, out of the Jacksonville Jaguar player, that he fucked up. Uh, as the same was like, oh my God. What am I doing? He just popped into the play or whatever. Because it feels like Aaron is smart enough now we know that he probably knew exactly what Jacksonville's going to do pretty much every time. Mm-hmm. So whenever a guy drops into coverage underneath there, probably surprised him. But when you're talking about, uh, it's just, can. Uh, Aaron. Sh- Aaron should be the favorite at this moment. Yeah. I mean, he has to be at this point. But Patrick Mahomes also unbelievable. Yeah. And then what about Ben Roethlisberger? They're undefeated. He's a quarterback of an undefeated team. He's going to be in a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, where do you find room for Russell Wilson in a conversation now? And that's what we kind of have to battle against as a daily show. We have to do actual, you know, uh, honorable work whenever we talk about things. Where does Russell fit in the MVP conversation? Because what if Josh Allen goes back to form? I mean, Josh Ooh. Allen now is in that conversation. Yeah. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray could be in that. What are we going to do? Calvin Kamara potentially going to sneak into the conversation if he keeps scoring three, four touchdowns a game, which is seems like there's no end in sight for that. Where is the room? We'll see over these next couple games because Russell might be broken, and I would like him to be fixed because he's a lot of fun to watch whenever he's balling out. Well, and like Schefter alluded to, like, yeah, their defense is bad. It's it's terrible, but also, like, you know, if your defense is that bad, you can't turn it over three times. Like, you you know, you're yeah. fucked. Hey, man, what's up there? For the uh, first time this year, Russell Wilson is not the favorite to win the MVP. It is wow. Patrick Mahomes, followed by Russell Wilson, then Aaron Rodgers. Then Kyler see, Murray. See? So okay. DT knows. DT know. knows. DT he knows. knows. He knows. Uh, let's get to a phone call here before our. Uh, hey, by the way, hashtag Pat, I don't know every act. Good segment. Good segment. Can't thank you enough for choosing to let us penetrate your ear holes. All the guests today, thank you for your time. All the boys, thank you for your effort. Uh, once again, be a friend, tell a friend if you like the show, and if you didn't, just act like it never happened. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Aaron Rodgers Tuesday after a big win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Let's go! This has been the Pat Magby Show 2.0. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music. We'll see you in manana. 